Welcome to Woke and Wired, a new conversation about expanded consciousness and entrepreneurship. Welcome to Woke and Wired, a podcast where we talk about consciousness, social media, entrepreneurship, money, manifestation, and everything in between, all in one place. A place where you get empowered and inspired to shift your mindset and shift your perspective on things that you spend so much time doing every single day. Technology is a huge part of our lives. That's just what it is. And the thing is that it's neutral. It's all about the energy that we put into it. So we've got to be very intentional about the content and the people and the accounts we surround ourselves with and let into our lives because they end up becoming part of our lives and they end up becoming us. So be intentional. I invite you, especially this week, to clean up your Instagram feed. If you're following anyone who triggers you or brings anything up that is less than empowering, just clean it up. Focus on things that inspire you. And I hope this podcast is one of them. What's up, new moon? I am feeling so clear this week and so present. I think part of it is because I just got back from Aspen after spending some time in nature in a cabin and also speaking at a conference where I got to share my message of conscious social media and was totally blown away by the way it landed. So much so that I decided that I can't give into my imposter syndrome anymore. In early 2019, I'm launching my own conscious social media program. You heard it here first. If you're ready to stop being overwhelmed by social media and start seeing it as a way to manifest the wildest dreams of your life and as a tool to bring together community, to build a business and to connect with people and to, yeah, make money because there's nothing wrong with that, then go to ksenia.nyc. That's K-S-E-N. IA, oh wow, I just forgot how to spell my own name, dot NYC, and sign up for the email list so that you hear about the program first. Or if you can't wait, then just DM me on Instagram at WokenWired, and I'll give you more info on that when I have it. And the other part of the new moon magic is last night I went to Aaron Grady's and Ellie Tate Cutler's new moon circle here in Brooklyn, and we did some journaling, some partner exercises, some body movement and meditation and just reminded me that it's one thing to do all our rituals with ourselves and with our journal but it takes it to a whole new level when we share it with a community of like-minded people and as women hold space for each other to just take our dreams to the next level. Women or men it doesn't really matter. Yeah there is something magical about coming together as women to do those moon rituals but if you're doing it with a partner with a guy friend, that works too. I am super stoked for this week's guest. It's Danica Breisha. I'm going to tell you how I met her in the episode very shortly. It's a cool social media story. Danica is a special one. She is a self-care and wellness personality, the founder and CEO of Model Meals, a healthy meal delivery service, founder and CEO of the Brunch Series and the Brunch Series Tour, host of the weekly Instagram live series, Light and Life, a Whole30 certified coach, and a curve model with IMG models. She has an incredible story of 
recovering from bulimia, binge eating, and food and sugar addiction, and turning her worst enemy, which was food, into her most powerful medicine that she now shares with the world. She models for clients like Benefit Cosmetics, Bare Minerals, Old Navy, Target, and more. She's a naturally stunning, curvy woman, and she also has taken on a role of being a body-positive advocate. You might have run into some of her posts on Instagram because they're just so refreshing and so real and so admirable. Along with their 200-pound English Mystique Kingsley, Danica and her boyfriend, Chef Billy, are currently on an eight-month tour traveling around the U.S., living a minimal lifestyle in an RV. And what they're doing is they're throwing 50 events in 40 cities that allow women to get together with other like-minded individuals to discuss everything from self-care and self-worth to manifesting, finding body positivity, mindful relationships, and so much more. I'm sure business is part of that too. Danica's ultimate goal in life is to help others achieve their highest level of happiness, to help them find what their unique contribution is to this world and start living it. She has a deep passion for those who struggle with food and body issues and hopes that sharing her story can give relief to others that may feel defeated or alone. So much yes. Some of the things we talk about in this podcast are all the things that Danica does, how she became a model, how becoming body positive and finding peace in her own body played an essential role in her career as a curving model, living a minimal lifestyle in a van, and working with your partner and how to set boundaries with your partner when you live and work together, relationship with social media and money and what role social media has played in her success and the success of her business. We, of course, touch on her morning routine and the daily self-care checklist that Danica is known for. Morning affirmations and writing a bio from the future might be part of it. If you want details on that specifically, go to breakfastcriminals.com. I'm putting up a blog post today that transcribes Danica's takeover of my account, Breakfast Criminals, where she goes over her whole morning routine. She also shares her manifestation process, her tips on being productive and how she structures her day. And she also gives us a glimpse into her money mindset and how she went from being in debt to thriving. This episode is just so full of inspiring gems and nothing inspires me more than seeing your takeaways from listening to this. So if any of this resonates with you, then please subscribe because there's so much more goodness coming up and in previous episodes and leave a rating and a review on iTunes. I really appreciate a couple of minutes of your time. By doing that, you're just spreading the love and light further and further and landing this important information and this totally different empowering perspective on social media and the way it can really uplift our life if we view it with the right mindset. Thanks for listening. Thank you for sharing and definitely take a screenshot and share it on Instagram stories and tag at WokenWired and at Danica Brysha. All the show notes are on wokeandwired.com. So if you want anything mentioned in this episode, it's most likely going to be there. Enjoy this episode. Okay, guys, I have Danica Brysha on the road with me. Where are you, Danica, today? I am in a town called Silver Star, Montana. 
I don't really know how to explain where it is, but it's really in the middle of nowhere. Probably is beautiful, huh? It's gorgeous. It's it's just what we need. We're actually we have a few weeks off from our tour that we're on, and so my uncle has a has a lot of property here, so we stopped by to see him and just breathe for a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if some of the listeners actually know someone from there or are from there. And if you guys do, yeah. definitely Instagram message us and let us know. Yeah, it's a small, small town. It's by Twin Bridges, Montana, about um, not too far from Butte, Montana. So it's gorgeous. I mean, I wish I lived here. Wow, you've been all over. So we'll get into your nomadic lifestyle shortly. Yeah. But for now, I just want to celebrate our one-year virtual friend anniversary. We've never yeah. met in person. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But we met over Instagram. And I remember one day I get this really moving message in my DMs on Breakfast Criminals. And I check you out and I'm like, who is this chick? She sounds amazing. And then I got this email from you that just really stopped me in my tracks. Is that how you say it? My boyfriend laughs at me because I sometimes... Yeah, that was... That's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> I mess up the English metaphors. <laughs> anyway, so here's the email. I'm going to share it with all of you guys. I think it's uh, very special and really gives you the full depth and the scope of who Danica is. And that's how we're going to start our conversation. So here we go. September 22nd, 2017, I get this email. Hey, babe, reaching out to you via email as promised. I'm so grateful the universe brought us together. Truthfully, it is so rare for me to reach out to someone like I did, but I just felt drawn to you, and I know by now I should always trust those feelings. I love your mission and story and certainly in lines with my own. I'm writing a book right now on self-care and how we can use it to create our dream life. The bulk of the self-care checklist is done in a morning routine and involves gratitude, meditation, movement, affirmations, writing a bio from the future, a journal entry from the future, and more. In two years, I went from being three months late on rent in New York to living in my parents' garage battling food addiction to building a multi-million dollar business of my dreams, finding peace with food, and a supportive, conscious partner. My morning routine was absolutely the crucial ingredient to the consistent growth, and I love sharing it with others. I'm more than happy to share more about it. Blah, blah, blah. Hope you're having a wonderful weekend. Wow! So that's how we started. And I was like, what? I talk about dream life. What? I talk about self-care and morning routines. And so shortly after, Danica took over Breakfast Criminal's Instagram to share her morning routine, which actually is being transcribed as we speak. And it's going to be going up on breakfastcriminals.com because it was one of the most engaged takeovers that I still get questions about in terms of... Cool. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so, oh my gosh, all the things. I know. <laughs> we would begin. Well, congratulations on being my internet girlfriend for one year. I, I feel very, I feel very blessed to have you as my partner. <laughs> okay, so this was like a, a glimpse. Now I want to do what I usually do in the beginning of the podcast: is I read out your Instagram bio out loud, and you're going to explain to me what it is that you actually do on a day to day basis. How does that sound? That sounds awesome. And I also noticed that you changed your title recently. So you're going to explain that to us. Yes, I change it all the time. <laughs> Me too. It's like change of identity. Oh, I, I need to transform today. Yeah. I changed my Instagram bio. Totally. So yours right now. And if you guys want to follow along, it's Danica Brysha. And I'm going to link everything in the show notes. Headmistress of human, self-care nomad manifester, Whole30 founder and CEO of Model Meals and the Brunch Series, on tour from April to November, 
IMG Models model and live Insta show every Thursday. All the things. And you're living in a van. All the things. And I live in a bus. <laughs> in a bus. Right. <laughs> so what do you yeah. actually do? What are you most focused on right now? What are you most excited about? And how did it all unfold for you? Yes. Gosh, that's a great question. I guess what we're doing now is my boy, my partner and I yeah, are on tour. We have an event series that we're on tour for. So we're on tour from April to November. And uh, we started doing these events around self-care in January this year and just kept, and then we did, you know, we did them in February and March and we just saw people like flying in and coming back every month. And we realized that there was such a demand for people to learn more about how to take care of themselves so that they could create the life of their dreams, serve the people they love. And so we thought, let's take this on the road. We were super interested in living a little bit more of a nomadic and minimalistic life. So we just, you know, basically donated all our belongings and hit the road in April um, and eventually ended up getting a, for purchasing a uh, bus. So we lived a 30-foot bus with our 200-pound dog and we're traveling all over the U.S. for seven and a half months. We have about 55 events for women all around this. So that's really exciting. That's what we've been doing for the last, uh, since April, so the last about six months. We're almost done with the tour. And that's been like just the most rewarding thing is to meet my community in person and to get to know people and to get real and just give people a space to be vulnerable. So that's been wonderful. It's well, I guess what I'm most excited about is the freedom that this new lifestyle has given us. Um, I do own a meal delivery business back on the West Coast and that's where our tour will end. So We'll end there and we'll definitely spend some time in California, but it's really cool. This lifestyle to just sort of be so intuitive with yourself and say, Hey, where do we want to live this month or this week? Do we want to drive to Montana? Do we want to drive to new Orleans? You know, mm. we can re really go wherever. And that was a big part as I built my business, my businesses, a big part was, um, uh, was freedom of time and freedom of location. And so I feel like after lots of <laughs> uh, somewhat painful struggle years, really get to live this dream. And my boyfriend, my boyfriend's a recovered heroin addict and speaks very openly about his recovery. And I speak very openly about my food addiction and food disordered eating and stuff. So it's been really cool to come together and use both of our gifts for this tour. He's a chef and to be able to just give this to people. So it's a new chapter to be doing this with him and in this sort of way on the road. So that's, that's really what's, what's super exciting, but still working on that book, as I promised you, it's taking me longer than I thought, but I am working on it. And then just, you know, obviously supporting my business at home. And yeah, that's really it right now. I'm trying to, that's it. trying to, trying to create, <laughs> I'm trying to create a little more space for myself. I realized this year, as much as I love being on tour and I love this, but the pace is really fast. And when I don't give myself the space to just be that white space, my creativity goes away. And a lot of sort of the most valuable stuff, those like life lessons that I share with my community get, get stepped on because you're so you're stuck and busy. Right. And so space has been a word. It's funny that space is my word of the year when I live in such a tiny little box, mm. but, but that's really been what I'm focusing on. So yeah, I'm happier than I've ever been. And I think I can honestly say that. And I'm, I got, you know, I, I own very little, we've gotten rid of pretty much all of our belongings and it's just a really cool feeling. It feels very freeing. So is living on a bus and traveling the country something that you journaled from the future? So I, there's a family I follow on social media called the Bucket List Family. Right. You follow them? Yes. Yes, I love, I love them. <laughs> and I think that seeing, and I always use them as an example of reminding people not to be afraid of our own success, right? Don't be afraid to shine your brightest light. 
because a lot of times the people that step into our light and do something different and put it out there for others to see gives permission to, to other people or makes it real for other people that they could do that too. And so truthfully, a lot of, you know, following them and seeing some more nomadic people on social media, I thought, well, why not us? Why, why couldn't we do that? And so I'm trying to remember if it's so funny. I'm in Montana and there's like animals and, but there's just like chickens that just like cross the street. <laughs> I'm like, what are these coming from? Sorry. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't think that was a manifestation for me as much as just sort of this freedom of location was and this freedom of time was, but I am so grateful that this is how it ended up. We've had an interesting vehicle journey with this tour. We did not leave in the bus, but we ended up eventually getting it and it's given us some problems, but we love it. And we plan to live in it afterwards. Like we're not planning to get a house. We'll definitely still just live in it indefinitely. We're going to travel through Asia probably for about four months next year. So right now it's really about getting those automated revenue streams put in place and kind of what's next for us. And so I, I don't know that I manifested it, but I think I manifested this, this sort of freedom and how I wanted to feel. There's an author named Danielle Laporte who talks a lot about building your sort of life goals based on how do you want to feel and free freedom is one of my biggest, like my top things. And it's certainly given me that. So first of all, love Danielle Laporte. Mm-hmm. And second, and if you guys haven't checked out the desire map, it's an awesome book that guides you through, like you said, Danica, designing your life based on how you want to feel instead of what you think you should have in your life. Right. So you're such a perfect, perfect example of following it so courageously. And from my personal experience, going nomadic, I did it for almost a year. A couple of years mm-hmm. ago when I was going through my Saturn return, there's actually a whole podcast interview on That's So Retrograde with me where I talk about my experience. Oh, and I got to listen to it. That's great. pretty fun. I was like so excited about it. I was just starting out. I was about to go to Brazil and to Bali and to Russia and The truth is at some point, I was planning to be nomadic for 16 months, I think. And around month five, I just got so tired of packing and unpacking, of not having a home base and not having my community. I realized that's the thing I really missed the most is that in-person connection with people who really get me. And so I finished it early and I was called to come back to New York. And now it's very clear why, because a few weeks later after coming back, I met my boyfriend who I live with now and who I have all these things together in my life with. Yes. But I'm curious with you, is there anything you miss about being not nomadic? That's a great question. And I can relate to a lot of what you said, because when we started this tour, as I mentioned, we did Airbnbs at first. So not only were we moving in and out of people's homes for our event series, twice a week or three times a week, but we were also moving into Airbnbs all the time. And it got like, so it just got so exhausting. And so I will say the RV life is a little bit different because you were traveling, you didn't do an RV, right? You were traveling sort of on you know, different places. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And friends. Yeah. So th- something about the RV life gives you that sense of home because mm-hmm. you don't really have to unpack. Right. So I will say it does definitely feels a little more consistent and it feels a little more comfortable than when we've traveled for longer periods of time. For sure. I miss reliable Wi-Fi. (laughs) (laughs) Campgrounds are super old school. No matter where you go, it's just super unreliable. So that's been something you really had to figure out because I consider myself a digital nomad. I run my businesses, you know, I still work a lot and I have to count on that. So even just getting this together, obviously I I emailed (laughs) you before and I was like, okay, girl, so here's the situation. But so that's been, that's been interesting. What do I miss? You know, I miss being home with my model meals team, my, my meal delivery business. I think it's really hard. 
Um, I'm grateful to have created a business where I can be on the road and they're amazing. They don't need me there by any means, but I do miss being with them. Of course, I miss my like close friends, but I've always been a bit of like a wanderer. I've always been someone who can be gone for a while and kick off, like start back right where we left off sort of thing. So, you know, we've been on the road for six and a half months, so I haven't quite hit that space of, I haven't hit, quite hit that space of wanting to be done or wanting something else yet. I really do love it. I, I, I miss having a washer dryer and, and I, but I do actually miss is having an office. My boyfriend and I are obviously, we're very close and I'm very grateful that we have the relationship we do. We're very communicative and open, but you know, for me, I work really well in solitude. So we actually just recently started doing, I have a creative day, which is every Wednesday where I block out time from nine to five and I'm on social emails, phone, anything, and he leaves. Then I have the bus to myself and that's my creative space to just flow and do creative work. And then we have little chunks in other places throughout the week too. And it's been beautiful because it's given both of us our own space. We're together a lot. So I think that that, that space I was missing for a while and, mm. uh, and I'm just learning as I go and pre- creating the things that I can, you know, the things that I can. Mm. Yeah. I can totally resonate with that. I remember when I was traveling in the beginning of my nomadic journey, I had this crazy vision that I would just travel and find a co-working space and work from my Airbnbs. But the truth was there was so much to explore and it was always on the go. And I never really could carve out enough time to complete all the things I wanted to complete. So creating that intentional space to get things done, I think is super important. And it's awesome that you guys have that together. Well, thank you. I mean, it, I can relate to that big time because I get pretty much everywhere I go, I get the guilt of I hardly saw anything. You know, we're moving mm. super fast on this tour. Most cities were only in for about three or four days max. It's usually two, actually some two or three. And it's a bummer because I don't really get to fully experience the city. And if I had, that's kind of my one regret with the tour is that I didn't space it out a little bit more. It's a lot and we're moving really fast. And this three week break that we're on right now actually was like the universe giving us that gift because we needed it. We were supposed to go to Canada and we ended up having to cancel all of our Canadian events because my boyfriend has felonies from his past life when mm-hmm. he was uh, using and Canada has really strict laws, even just even like a DUI, it's t- tough to get into the country. So or it's like impossible after, you know, however many years. So anyway, we weren't able to go and it, it was the universe, I think, creating that space for us that we needed just to, to rest. So yeah, it's been, I mean, it's been a blast, but it's, space is is that word and I, and I wish my hope is that we could get back and explore places and have a little bit more time in each space we move so much that it's a it's just a lot of work so mm. just to have a day when we get to wake up and not drive somewhere is is like what I'm dreaming of lately mm. so I have so many questions for you some of the topics we're going to get into and it's going to get very real because I know that's exactly how you are with your community online is self-care and body positivity and business and social media and money. And before we get there, I just want to hear from you. What was your journey in terms of, you know, that email you, you shared with me, you know, being late on rent and having a food addiction. Can you just walk me through where you were and what steps you took and what mindset you had to get into to get to where you are now, living this life of freedom and having a team you can trust and having a loving partner and all the things? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it all comes to self-care and self-awareness. I think we have to take the time to figure out who we are. We have to learn to feel our feelings instead of numbing them out because those are that's our compass, right? And so, you know, I spent 
very, I'll give you the most concise version of the story that I can is really just struggled with food and body most of my life. I was really bulimic in high school and got into drugs and alcohol and just really struggled with my body. I always wanted to lose weight. I thought if I could lose weight, I might be able to become a model and being a model became this, like, that was like my life's, my life's purpose, which is very sad to me now, Mm -hmm. but at the time, and I spent a lot of time trying to lose weight. So I actually got to a point I was living in Los Angeles after college and let my body settle finally at my, I'm a natural, I wear, I wear that size 12 or 14 and I'm 5'10". And I got approached by some agents at at the bank randomly. And they asked me if I thought I, if I would ever think of plus size modeling. And I didn't know really about plus size modeling, but I signed with them. My career took off quickly. I was modeling for like Forever 21, Forever 21 and Target and all these big brands. And, and I always think that's such an interesting thing to say, oh, you know, when you stop trying to be someone you're not, this dream that you've always had comes true in a way you don't have to hurt yourself. And so, you know, fast forward, moved to New York City. So I was with uh, Wilhelmina there. And when I moved to New York, I changed how I ate. I decided I wanted to be sober for a month and like do like a food thing. So I did something called the Whole30 and changing how I ate and getting sober changed my life so much that I just continued on this wellness journey, which is how I found meditation and journaling and all that stuff. Okay, pause for a second. (laughs) That was so many things at once. How, you know... I totally know how it feels. I've been there trying to lose weight my whole life. I have way more peace in my body now than I ever had, but I still have my moments when I'm just like, oh, if I could just, you know, those times. Of course. Things. So of course. what did it take from you from a mindset perspective or self-care or self-love to really settle in that weight? And obviously something had to shift inside of you for you to be noticed by all those top agencies, the biggest ones in the world. So what was it? Yeah, I always talk about that. You know, you grow up, I grew up thinking none of these guys could ever like me because I'm the fat girl or whatever. And it wasn't that. It was because I was putting off that energy to them. It wasn't that they didn't like me. It was that I was putting that off. And so I love that, as you said, it's something that shifts inside of you. One piece of it was that I was just exhausted. I'd been trying to lose weight for so many years and was more or less the same size and kind of threw in the towel. It was like, I don't know what else to do. I felt like I'd tried everything. But the real piece was that in terms of changing my body image was about, I recreated my normal. I recreated my definition of beauty. Beauty. And I did that using social media, to be honest. I started following women, who, other plus size models or curvy women, women who looked like me and were, be, were celebrating themselves as beautiful. And I just consumed that and a lot of times subconsciously consumed that. And eventually that became my normal and celebrating mm-hmm. bo- all, all these different kinds of bodies became my normal. So I used social and I used what I was, the consumption. I stopped reading the magazines that only had super skinny models and all that. And I changed my perception of beautiful. I didn't lose weight. I'm still 12, 14. I didn't wait until I lost all the, that weight to attract my the partner in my dreams. He came to me at the same voluptuous size that I am now. I changed my mindset. And yes, it was it had a lot to do with self-care, finding self-worth, figuring out that I was worth taking care of. But that big shift was really redefining what I saw as beautiful. Wow. I love that you say how big of a role social media played in that. That's crazy to think. It's so powerful and so powerful. And it can be really positively powerful or negative. We just have to be you have to be ca- like really cautious about that. So what role, and we're going get, to get back to the conversation where we were, but for, for now, what role does social media play in your life and in your business right now? Social has been massive. It's the way that I launched my first business. It's the way that I share my journey. You know, when I first got into Overeaters Anonymous, I remember I was sitting in a circle of women and people were sharing these stories. And for the first time, I didn't feel alone. Like the secret, this thing that was so painful to me and felt so lonely, all of a sudden became something normal that other people dealt with. And then the solution became normal too, you know? And so I hope that I can use my community to share the normal 
humanness, which is why I say headmistress of human, but Mm. the humanness of life and the little things that just come up. And I try and be as real and as vulnerable as I can be. So social has been huge. I mean, the connections I've made and the the ability to reach people that I would never have the opportunity to reach and just be artistic in whatever way feels good to me. I I naturally share what helps me and, and share what I love. That's something that comes really naturally to me. And and so social has been the most beautiful thing to have a platform where I can do that. And I just, I have literally the best community ever. It's so, it's like 80 something percent, 86% women. They're just the most loyal, beautiful people. And so being on tour and getting to meet so many of these people in person has been like, just like magic. I can't even explain it. That's amazing. Do you always feel excited and ease around social media or are there places where you feel challenged or overwhelmed? Ooh, that's a good question. What I will say has been nice with social is that because because I have my own businesses and I sell my products for the most part, I don't feel the pressure that many people as influencers often feel of, you know, those partnerships and needing to you know, make money through it if it's your if it's your full time job, and so I will say that that's been kind of nice. I think I'm pretty good about using it when I'm inspired and not stressing about it too much when I'm not. The big stress point for me is not being able to respond to everyone. I'm mm-hmm. very it's very important to me that I am the one that is communicating with my community. So, like I always say, if you get a message response from me or you get a comment from me, it's from me. No one else mm-hmm. is doing that, but as the capacity has gotten bigger and people share really vulnerable stuff with me to not be able to respond or or a lot of times just miss those messages. That's what really is hard for me. So I'm trying to balance that right now and how to streamline, you know, make sure that people really, really need to get to me can and need that help or need that guidance. And how do we weed out some of the just sort of like day-to-day stuff or, you know, or the big question really is, okay, how do I, read this question here and then acknowledge this is a, probably a question that not just this person has. So how do mm-hmm. I take this and create content that can reach farther than one-to-one? So you know how it goes. It's, it's tough, but I, I just try and do my best to be real, to share all of life, not just the highlight reel. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just I do my best. I don't know. <laughs> you know, what's interesting is that anytime I would speak with like an influencer or a blogger, what would come up as an answer to the question is, either the algorithm or or something along those lines, or my followers are not growing. But in your answer, all I see is just such deep commitment to your community and being real and vulnerable and present for them. It's really mind blowing. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I'm, it's not a numbers game for me. Like these are my, it makes me emotional. Like I literally might start crying right now because like my, cool. I was in a, I was meeting with a book publisher in New York and he asked me about my community. I just started crying and I was like, they're just like the coolest people. So yeah, you know, and I, and I'm not perfect with it by any means. My ego gets in there all the time and I have to really check. Okay. Was that about, was that, was that post about feeding my ego or is mm. that post about being, being of service? And I am far from perfect with that, but I'm really trying to, shift gears and with my team think about what does this give to my audience every time I post like what whether it's a laugh whether it's inspiration whether it's a smile whether it's you know not feeling alone but really asking how is this serving because that's really I think the role that I play Mm. um so and it's also a fine balance of selling you know at the end of the day I have I have these things I've created whether it's model meals or brunch series that I want to sell to people it's not it's not money hungry. It's I, I believe in what it is, you know, but mm-hmm. you also have to balance out what you sell 
and content. So it doesn't seem so salesy. So it's, I'm learning that fine balance as well, because I'm so passionate about anything that I sell, anything that I exchange money and for, for, I really believe in, I wouldn't sell it or promote it if I didn't. So it's been an, that's been an interesting piece of it, but I, yeah, I'm just really grateful. I'm not, I'd rather keep my community at the exact number it is and really invest in them and be, be someone who attracts followers instead of works for them. I don't know anything about algorithms or like, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm like, so not cool in that way. I just have no idea. <laughs> I love that. So I want to jump back. And by the way, if you ever want to talk about like the strategy and the algorithm type of stuff, then I'm happy to talk because I spend okay. a lot of time doing that. I would love it's that. just like such, I've been in social media for over 15 years and I just get so excited talking about this stuff. Like how can we take a message that's so important and actually use the algorithm and all the technological things to advance it and to bring it to more yeah. people and create a bigger impact? Because why not? Why not? Hell yeah, girl. I'm, I'm going to be in New York next week, actually, oh which gosh. I just realized as I was thinking, I was like, oh, maybe we could have done this in person. I'm sorry, but it was last minute. But I uh, maybe we can do it then. So yeah, let me know the dates. I owe you our first date. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> I'm going to rewind back to okay. you in New York, being a Wilhelmina model, getting sober and getting into wellness and meditation. Let's start again there. Yeah. So I just sort of followed this journey. And after, you know, in January is when I did whole 30 and got sober and I just kept do like, I kept the clean eating. I kept the sobriety ends up being sober that whole year, eating clean that whole year, all this sort of wellness stuff. And I actually ended up losing, I was pretty extreme and I ended up losing about 40 pounds. And so I, I went from a size, you know, 14 to a size like six, eight, mm -hmm. and I lost all of my modeling jobs because I wasn't big enough anymore, oh, wow. which is kind of interesting after a life of kind of that opposite situation. And how, how were you feeling in your body at that time? Oh, I, you know, I was so, this is the very beginning of me learning to feel my body. I lived outside my body my whole life. And so ask me, someone asking me how I felt in any situation was like, there was such a disconnect there. It was always about how should I would look around and I would cognitively tell you how I should feel in that situation. But in terms of actual body intelligence of knowing how I felt, I was just like separate, you know? So I remember feeling sad and disconnected, but I don't remember thinking about it too much because I don't think I, it took me, you know, it was like about a year later that I really did the work on feelings and body intelligence and stuff. And what, I still what was that? to do. Is there anything you can uh, recommend for someone listening, including myself, actually? Yeah. So, well, journaling, of course, helps. Journaling was like the gateway to my emotions. So for me, as someone who didn't really stay in my body and feel, I found that journaling stream of conscious, like writing in cursive, consciousness, sorry, stream of consciousness, writing in cursive, things would come out of my pen that I didn't know I felt. And that was a really beautiful, cool thing and like a really cool way to like access my heart. But other than that, I did cognitive behavioral therapy, which is okay. I didn't, it didn't really impact me in a huge way. What really impacted me was I did a therapy. And when I got back to Los Angeles, it was called ISTDB, it's ISTDP, it stands for Intensive Short-Term Dynamic Psychotherapy. Mm -hmm. So it's not like ongoing talk therapy. It's meant to sit in your body, stay in your body and relearn how to feel. And the, the um, therapist pays attention to the tiny, subtle little movements in your body and it was really about like a I was like a child. And, you know, the first, I remember the first session, she was like, how do you feel? And I got, I was like angry because that was why I was there. I was like, I don't know how to feel. Mm. And so she taught me what sadness felt like and what anger felt like and what joy felt like and anxiety. And we really put physical sensations to these feelings and practiced it over and over. And it was really hard work, but it's no doubt to me. It, there's no surprise to me that when I finished that therapy and shortly after 
that's when I met my boyfriend and he, and together, I mean, we're both just the most vulnerable. We're real. We are both so aware of feelings and really grateful to nurture those and take care of each other's feelings. And it was really powerful to do that. Did you manifest him? You know, it's funny. No. And I only say that because I didn't have the self-worth to think that I deserved someone like him. Mm. So that was one of those universe gifts where, you know, I spent most of my life saying, I'm not going to get married. I don't want to have kids. I'm, I don't, you know, because I was afraid of letting someone get close, mm. you know, and I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. So I don't take that the wrong way. Like, I think it's a beautiful life to live on your own and be independent, whatever you choose. But for me, I think that it was rooted in this belief that that kind of love isn't for me. I still held on to, I'm the big girl, you know, I'm, you know, all my girlfriends in high school and college always had the guys after them. And I was kind of the funny friends and not really didn't date much. And, you know, so when he came along, it was one of those things that I sort of just like, okay, you're here to teach me lots of lessons and to show me crazy amounts of love. And he's just incredible. He's amazing. And he's been, he has such an incredible journey himself. So just to sit down and connect over addiction and connect over our stories has just been incredible. He's my, he's my soulmate. Oh my gosh. I love that. I hope we can have a double date sometime. I would love that. He's a chef. So you guys can come to our RV and we'll cook you dinner. Done. Eric is sober <laughs> too. So I'll make mocktails. Awesome. Perfect. 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 <laughs> so, okay. You lost weight. You lost all the jobs and what happened then? So pretty quickly, I went from making like six figures modeling to nothing overnight. And I was not good with money. I'm, just, I'm not great with money now, but I was definitely not good with money then. I didn't have anything saved. I lived in the West Village of New York, you know, $3,000 a month apartment yep. and pretty much overnight had no income. And so I got a job at Juice Press. I worked there, you know, a little bit and then I would rent Which my one? apartment. on. It was down in uh, Tribeca, I think. Okay. I think it's in Tribeca. So I would work. It's by, a, by the Whole Foods down there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was just there the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I got a job there and then I would rent my place on Airbnb on the weekends and try and make some extra money. And I'd stay down the hall at my friend Lisa's apartment and just like scrounging to just get by. I borrowed a little bit from my parents and like, but that was like the worst thing I ever had to do was to ask my parents for help. That was just one of those things for me that was really painful. And eventually I kind of thought, well, what could, how else could I make money? I was really passionate about doing something I loved. I've been getting into the personal growth space and reading a lot and realizing, okay, well, I want to do something that I love and that I care about and passionate about. So what is my passion? And so I decided one day that I would write down how I was spending my time every 15 minutes the next day and write down and look at how I'm spending my time and see how I could make an income out of something I was doing and realize the next day I was cooking a lot. I hosted a mm. dinner party. I was grocery shopping. I was sharing my health journey. And so I thought, okay, what if I cooked this food for people and gave it to them and they could experience the same kind of feeling? And so I put something on Instagram and I called it Model Meals. It was a meal delivery business. And that was how my business was born. So I did it in New York for a couple, a few months. Yourself? Um, until I really, yeah, just by myself. I hired yeah. an intern at, at one point, but I cooked everything. I delivered it, all that. And then really small scale and totally illegal to cook in your kitchen like that also. But, you know, you're going to be scrappy <laughs> in the beginning. But um, yeah, I just, you know, 
I was loving it. I was happy, but I was making like no money and eventually had to make the decision to move back home to California and regroup. And that's when I uh, moved into my parents' garage. So that was really like, that was a turning point for me. I was 28. I did not plan on moving back in with my parents in their garage. And those next two years were really big years of self-discovery. And what I I found, I I relaunched the business model meals there and I brought on some business partners. And what really I noticed happening was I was still really binge eating a lot. I was, you know, I was, I was, eating clean and my relationship with food had changed a bit, but I would be binging. I would, I would go to the grocery store and make an excuse to make a run an errand there, like for, as if my chefs needed something mm-hmm. and I would binge eat all my like healthy snacks. Right. So I was still binging and thousands and thousands of calories. And I just thought, okay, what would it take for me to get to the end of the day and not binge? Mm. And so what, what I realized eventually was I made a little checklist of the things that I knew caused me to have a healthier, happier day. And it was like meditation, journaling, getting enough sleep. It was just a few things. So I started tracking them and checking these boxes every day. And slowly but surely, I realized that this checklist was really helping me. And I was, you know, one week binge free. And then I was three weeks and it was like three months and it was really working. And so I thought I I started adding things to it, which is, you know, I started adding gratitude and affirmations. And I always joke, like I would, I was sitting, you know, six figures in debt, living in my parents' garage with my mom's Toyota parked behind my little makeshift desk. And I was writing about how rich I was and how abundant I was and all the streams of revenue I had. And like, I was writing these started writing biographies for my future. So I'd picture myself five years out and I'd write all about who I wanted to be. Danica Brescia is blah, blah, blah. Hmm. And slowly, slowly but surely things started happening and things started coming true. A lot of the stuff that I was putting in these bios, a lot of stuff in the affirmations and things just changed. And I paid off all my debt and I moved out and got my own little place. And I built the business. We now have about, I want to say we have like 30 employees there and probably, you know, so about 40 across my different businesses and stuff. So yeah, it was just really incredible. And I moved out and met the love of my life and just started really doing the work that inspires me, which is helping others to create the life of their dreams. So this self-care checklist that you sort of referenced, we've referenced in the beginning, this is really the tool that's that's been so powerful for me. So that's what we talk a lot about at Brunch Series and what the book will have a lot more information on. But I do have some free info on my website if anyone is interested in seeing kind of like a rough idea of what that looks like. So hmm. I'm going to actually do include that in the blog post. I'll link to on all the show notes. I will link the breakfastcriminals.com blog post with your morning routine with the self-care checklist. And I also link to your website with even more info on that. That, That's awesome. Thank you for doing that. But can you give us just a glimpse of what that list is like and what it involves? Absolutely. So yeah, it it changes all the time, but the intention is is creating new healthy habits and making them consistent. So every month I pick one or two new challenges. So like my challenge this month was to get dressed and ready every day because I work remotely. I work from home mostly or or bus. And uh, usually I can just wear yoga clothes all day. It's no big deal. But I find that when I get ready and, you know, put on a little makeup and get dressed, I feel more confident. I feel more put together and it influences my work. So my experiment this month was to get ready each day, just what I, even if it's a little mascara or, you know, putting on some jeans, right? Mm -hmm. So I do different monthly challenges. And then at the end of the month, I always check and say, okay, did this serve me? And if it did, I add it to the, like the sort of daily routine. So it's about gradually creating habits. It's about limiting my to-do list. So it has like my top three. I'm only allowed to pick three to-dos for the day. I use my calendar really hand-to-hand with this. I schedule in my self-care like I would my meetings or anything else. So my, my self-care is as non-negotiable as you know anything else that I commit to. And that's meditation. That's getting enough sleep. That's the way I eat. 
and there's just, yeah, gratitude. I write a journal entry from the future to really manifest that and get clear on how I want to feel and what's around me and all the specifics. So yeah, just a lot of that sort of, that sort of stuff. I just, I found that I knew a lot of those shoulds. I knew, I knew like what, what I should do to be happy or what I should be doing in terms of, you know, gratitude or all that stuff. But it was really hard. It was kind of all floating out in this like ether where it was like, you know, how do I actually make sure that I'm doing little bits of each of these things every day? And so at first I went crazy and I was just doing self-care for like six hours a day. And now I've really gotten it to a place and developed some rules around it that help people to structure it. So this is just a quick process. This is 15 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever you can make time for each morning to fill your cup up. And so it's overflowing. So you get to give from that overflow all day instead of giving your backwash to the people you love and being depleted at the end of the day. Mm. Oh gosh. Yes. I love watching your stories to get inspired and get different quotes and motivational affirmations. And also sometimes you post a glimpse into your calendar and how you do those things. And that really gets me excited to get more organized. So I'm excited to share your morning routine with everyone listening. And also here's the part I'm interested in. So it's one thing to make those journal entries from the future and really create a vision of yourself or where you want to be, but also the people and the circumstances and the actions, most importantly, need to be aligned with that. So I'm curious, how did you, what actions did you take and what did it take from you to take model meals from a small company where you were making everything to bring someone on board to help you around the operations and hiring people and making it a huge business that it is now? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I think in terms of business and, you know, my business partner and our team, they're all people who are better at a lot of things than I am, you know? And so I Mm -hmm. think it's humbling yourself and realizing that you can't do everything alone. And actually the way to grow a business is to be really good at delegating and really good at figuring out a problem and delegating. So it's by far team effort why we got there, but just in general, in terms of manifesting some of these things that I've visualize. What I find is that if I can get people to practice these affirmations in the morning, say a bio from their future, write a bio from the future, write this journal entry, then what happens is every single day we go out into the world knowing with that, with, with that version of ourselves, top of mind, right? This year is version of ourselves in five years and who we want to be. And we subconsciously make choices that support that vision. So I found actually that it's very little about the action and the how I'm going to achieve something. And so much more about just changing how I think and changing my mindset. So, you know, I, think that for me, it's really like changing that mindset in the morning. And then of course, like just going out and being in the world, right? It's a lot harder for your dreams to come true if you just sit at home and don't interact with anyone or don't put yourself out there. But actually, but I think for me, I can attribute to a lot of it, a lot of the success to other people, to community, to being real, to being humans, being vulnerable, to like just changing the way I think and picturing, envisioning the future. I really believe that the, our thoughts are what create everything that's tangible around us. So I just start with that and focus on that and know that everything will catch up eventually. So are you saying that your morning ritual and your mindset is what's at the core of manifesting anything you want and creating your dream life? Absolutely. Because I think it's how you start the day affects the entire day. So for me, before I touch my phone, before I touch social media, before I touch email, I do this routine and that is how I go into the day thinking of myself as this person, this person who is abundant, this person who is peaceful around food, this person who is kind and humble and expert manifester and an incredible delegator or whatever I want to tell myself for that day. And and I take my core value, the values that are important to me, I, I incorporate those into my, into my visualization. So 
I really think it's so much about mindset. I think it's changing how we think. And if we can change how we think and be mindful of our thoughts, then we can change our life. Mm, So with you. Gosh. So you shared in the beginning that you're manifesting space and also a lifestyle of freedom. What else are you working on? Maybe you can even share some affirmations that you're working with. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Some of the affirmations I do lately are like, I'm a master delegator. I have incredible willpower because I get a lot of people at my events who struggle. They're like, well, I, I have all these tools, right? But I have the worst willpower. I'm like, well, the place that we start is we, we change what your thoughts about your willpower or we change your attachment to your worth being based on what you achieve. Like a lot of times they're like, well, what if I don't do it? How do I keep myself from feeling bad? And the truth is I just change that thought process for them. I, I just mm-hmm. change the dialogue in their head and give them affirmations around that. So yeah, I mean, in terms of what else we're, I'm manifesting, we're doing, we're building some online courses and some more virtual stuff right now, just because we want to travel abroad, have a little more freedom of time and location. I have a new project that I'm working on with my brother, but I can't say too much about right now, but this will be, this is like my next big business, hoping to launch sort of early next year, but it's basically a way to make sure that you're making time for these self-care rituals and doing it with a community and having a guide through some of that. So I'm really excited mm. about that. I can't um, wait to see it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So I don't know, just a lot of I, I just creativity. I'm really trying to make more space for myself to be creative and to flow. I'm working with, I work with a coach and then I'm also in a mastermind right now. So I think it's really important to always work on yourself. And one of the things we're working on is for me is A, delegating anything that is not my genius. So if it's anything that I don't really want to do, and and I understand, let me preface that by saying, I understand that that's that's a luxury that had to be achieved. It's not something that was true for me a year ago or even two years ago, but I finally got to a place where I sort of am very aligned with what my gifts are and, you know, how to make money with my gifts so that I can support myself in hiring people to, to step into their gifts and, you know, and kind of work together. So that's a big piece and really just creating more, more of this white space for myself. So mm. living in a tiny space, but creating a lot more emotional, creative space. Mm. So you said you're part of a mastermind and you also have a coach. How did you choose? There's, I feel like there's so many options now. How did you choose the right people to work with you? Yeah, that's a good question. So my coach is actually a funny story and I'll give you a very brief version of it, but there's a website called Trusted House Sitters and it's for people, if you're traveling and you have a home and a dog, you can have someone stay at your home for free and watch your dog from your home for free. And these people are nomadic. So usually they, or they're just on vacation. So they get a free place to stay. You get someone for free to watch your house and your dog. It's vetted, whatever. So we were traveling to Europe for three weeks and we found this cute young German couple of their baby on, they had been nomads for about three years and just really into meditation. And they were like burnout teachers and coaches. And we just really liked them. And so they stayed at our house late last year when we went to Europe and we just stayed connected. So she is a coach. But what I loved about her is she's very, I knew that it wasn't necessarily about business. I know everything, obviously all the self-work I do translates into my business success, but she's more soulful. She's more emotional and more deep. It's about, she's gentle. I really needed to learn how to be more gentle with Mm -hmm. myself not be so hard on myself. So that was one of the reasons I picked her. And then my mastermind is, uh, it's brand focused, but it's led by a woman named Amy Jo Martin. Mm. And she built, she was the first person to bring 
celebrities and businesses to uh, onto social media. So she built the social social platforms of The Rock and Shack and Hilton Hotels. And her whole motto is is that humans connect to humans, not logos. And so she's doing a brand boot camp. And I just I know her personally as a friend, and she has gone through the cycle of building a multi million dollar business, burning out, living on a boat. Now she lives in South Dakota in the hills and. <laughs> but really, really wise, but still gentle and soulful. I love feminine. I, like I love the feminine approach to business and growth. And so I just, you know, felt like the right fit. And there's some really incredible women in that too. So that's been awesome. I've actually read her book. Have you? Oh yeah. yeah. Renegades Break the Rules. Right. That's so funny. Yeah, she's awesome. Hmm. Yeah. Here's my question to you, Danica. You talked about being in debt and then moving to the West Coast and then sort of regrouping and relaunching your business with a new mindset with all of that through all these experiences, what has your relationship with money been and what is it now? I love that question. I think it's such an important question because money and I have not been great. I'm a lot better now, but I still have a lot of deeply rooted, not enough beliefs, you know, so it's Mm -hmm. always more and more and more as a model. I was in a very inconsistent career. So you never know when you're going to job. You never know when you're going to get paid. It makes it very difficult to plan. You're always behind. There's a lot of expenses. And so when I was just modeling, I was just like constantly, you know, you make a big paycheck and then you kind of get used to making a couple big, big paychecks for a month. And then you don't work for three months Mm. and you have nothing, nothing saved. And so I just got, and then, you know, and you don't pay taxes till the end of the year. And I just got really in debt, built up my credit card and just all this sort of stuff. Um, so I really try and live without any debt nowadays. You know, obviously we have a couple payments on our car and our, our bus, but for the most part, stuff's paid off. You know, I try and live pretty minimally on that, on that end, but now it's a little different. You know, I still definitely struggle with that belief of it's when's this going to end? When's the other shoe going to drop? Right. Mm. So I have to really catch myself and, and really just change that dialogue in my head, but also live modestly. Like, I think what we've learned from this experience is how very little we need to mm. survive. And the tour, there's a lot of expenses with the tour because we're driving a lot. And, you know, there's just a lot of expenses for what we do. But when we get home, the truth is I, all my food is covered because I have a meal delivery business. <laughs> we have a bus <laughs> we live in that's super cheap. <laughs> you know, it's pretty cheap. And we don't really like to eat out much. We don't drink. We, uh, we're pretty simple in a lot of ways. So um, the nice thing is our expenses aren't super high. And I would love to, I, I really prefer to spend my money on experiences and my own growth versus things. So I think I've just learned that lesson and and just have to really keep working on my mindset. The fact that money is abundant and it comes and goes and my worth is not connected to it. I had a really hard time with that for a long time. My worth is not connected to what I make. And, you know, I'm not a big saver and I don't know, I'm sure people would argue with me, but I, I really, I don't believe that. I don't know where I'm going to be in two years or five years. So I like to keep enough in there to feel secure. But I also am not someone who's like saving for the big house or the next fancy car. I just sort of, you know, I I like kind of live in my means or try to and and not really get too caught up on on the future too much. You know, I like to be smart about it, but I'm not a big, you know, I don't know. I kind of like I'm more intuitive. I like to my manifest. I I plan on being very, very wealthy (laughs) one day based on my manifestation. So I, the other day I told myself, I was like, I'm going to laugh at this cute phase when I worried about money all the time, you know, like <laughs> it's not about that. Right. And so it's funny. I just try and change my mindset. Mm-hmm. And here's the, the worst thing that happens is I'm wrong and I <laughs> burn out and I live in our bus somewhere on the side of the road and, you know, or I don't have a bus. Right. But like, 
but like, that's the worst thing that happens. I'm not going to, I'm going to be okay. I can always get a job somewhere. I can always find a way to make enough money to eat. And so I have to really go back to that when, when I go in that spiral of, oh my God, and freaking out and just sort of like reverse and be like, you really don't need that much. There's a lot. There's, it's simple, you know, it's not that complicated. I'm laughing because I, I'm like the same exact person. I know that whenever I need money or whenever I have my head and my heart set on an experience that costs a lot of money, I'm just going to either have them lower the price for me or I'm going to have the money show up when I need it. Right. And it always exactly. does. Always. Yep. And yep. I'm not a big saver either, even though my father, if he's listening, he'll be very unhappy hearing that. He's always giving me books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. It's, there's just something that I, like you said, living within your means. And yeah, I also plan on being very rich. Yeah, I know you will. Anyway, uh, shifting gears here. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm actually, you know, a lot of the questions that you brought up in terms of money mindset, I'm also moving through. And one thing I've been learning to do is say more no. So Mm. whenever opportunities come my way, like social media consulting, that, you know, the offer might seem very big and exciting, but it's not something fully aligned with my purpose and where I want to spend my energy. I've been more honest with myself about that. And I've been really learning to say no. And that feels really empowering, you know, like turning down oh, yeah. a $10,000 deal. And then knowing that I have just created space for myself to actually do things that are aligned and on purpose. Yes. And don't you find that anytime you do that, you make more money using that time? Like I, I feel like I find every time if I turn down a modeling gig or something mm-hmm. like that, and I take that day for myself, I almost always can find a way to kind of validate the fact that that was the right choice right Mm -hmm. turning that down was the right choice or in Mm -hmm. some sort of way so I totally agree but it's it's hard and I really struggle with money it is not something that I should be giving anyone advice on (laughs) but like I can all I can do is be honest and real and say it's something I'm working on um that's something I've gotten a lot better at and it's very and it's very spiritual to me it really is it's very spiritual totally I'm actually I'm going to be bringing someone on the show. I don't know who it is yet, but I just know it's coming. Who is going to address that question of money as energy and spiritual kind of a tool. So stay tuned for that. Oh, I'm so into that. Yes. I'll let you know when it's out. (laughs) So here's also a very personal question that I'm sure a lot of other people are interested in is working with your partner. I have a business with Eric as well, Crystal Criminals. And I'm curious, what are, especially because you guys live in a bus together and you're always together how did you set healthy boundaries and make it work for both of you oh, that's a good question it's because my boyfriend's a saint and i'm a pain <laughs> and i'm a pain in the ass and i don't know how he does it you know he's my best friend i like i know that sounds cheesy but he and i both did so much work on ourselves right before we met each other we both just really got crystal clear as clear as we could at the time on who we were and, and so we attracted each other. We magnetized to each other because we're a really good fit. He's so patient. The biggest thing is communication. You know, we communicate everything and we always, always give each other a safe space to be heard or to be held. We're really good at asking for what we need to. So if I'm, if I'm feeling really emotional and I, I say, can you just hold me mm-hmm. or can you just listen and not talk or, you know, I need some space because I'm feeling this way, I need to get this done. We both communicate really well. And so, and we don't, we, like what I was saying is with the safe space concept is like, we kind of set this, this boundary of Billy could come to me and be like, 
wow, that girl's really hot. I'm feeling like I have a lot of feelings for her. And I can say to him, oh, that's interesting. Like, let's talk about it. You know, what do you, what, what does that feel like? And so because we both have given each other a space where we can literally say anything mm. that's on our mind without judgment, it allows us to be really transparent. So nothing gets brushed under the rug. And as a result, that tension doesn't build up and we don't explode into things. Of course we have problems, but for the most part, it's just sort of, I mean, if we argue about anything, it's really over, you know, aligned values in terms of like, I'm, I'm a very big, like growth mindset person. I always want to be growing. I always want to be doing and building. And he is very, he's here to teach me about the power of being able to relax so that uh, there isn't enough, you know, and it's mm. okay to not be hustling all the time. You know, he, he grew up very in a very different situation and he had to learn how to survive. He learned how to survive as a child. And I learned how to thrive as a child. Hmm. So, because I didn't have to worry about food or having a roof over my head or those sort of things that a lot of people have to worry about. He had to worry about if there's going to be food on the table or if, you know, like whatever was going to happen. So it's very interesting. And I think that we just work really well together and are lucky, but we have our stuff and we know, we know each other really, really well. And, and we just do our best. Hmm. I love that communication. Gosh, so important. Yeah. I've been learning a lot about that as we're living together with Eric. Oh, yeah. And that idea of really, I used to get really defensive when, for example, he would comment on another woman. Just yeah. Just like really shut down and like, I want to leave. I'm leaving. And now that I just let it be and I don't give it any of my energy, it just dissipates right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. I love that you brought yeah. that up. So, gosh, I am just so glad that we're connected and so grateful that you share all parts of your journey so vulnerably. It's so inspiring. I like made a bunch of notes for myself of things that <laughs> I want to upgrade in your life after talking to you. So thank you for that. <laughs> oh, thank you. Before we wrap up, is there anything else that you would like to share? Mm. Some of the things that have really helped me are just like remembering that the answers are inside of us and that we can seek inspiration elsewhere. But a lot of times we spend our whole life looking for other people to tell us how we should live or who we should be instead of just tapping in or like creating the space and the quiet, giving ourselves the quiet to listen into who we want to be. And if we can find that and follow that, that's when life gets really fun and life gets really exciting. So just a reminder to everyone out there that I'm sure we're all hard on ourselves that we, that you are enough. You're enough just because you're here and that you matter. And that this conversation, just anyone who's even tuning into this episode or, or anything that you share is obviously having a very conscious evolved experience and to just keep following that because that's the gift the, the gift of self-care and self-awareness has been the biggest gift of my life and so I just feel grateful to do that and I feel grateful to be having this conversation so thank you so much for having me yes guys gosh I'm so blown away by you Danica even more so than I was virtually so no I am excited for the opportunity for us to meet in person if that's meant to be this time. And guys, if you are inspired by any part of this show, do DM us, tag Woke and Wired, post it on your stories and tag Danica Brysha. I'm going to link everything in the show notes, everything we talked about, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends. Leave a review and find all the show notes on wokeandwired.com and connect with me on Instagram at wokeandwired. Stay woke, stay wired, and have an incredible day.